Everybody's talking about the good old days, right? Yeah. Everybody, the good old days, the good yeah. old days. Good old days. Well, yeah. let's talk about the good old let's days. Let's talk about In the days I'm eight now, making a tape now. Ray gotta get a plate now. Ignorant and mad young. Wanted to be the one till I got blah, blah, blah. Yeah, my pops was a fiend since 16. Shooting that, that's that in his bloodstream. That's the life of a crimey. Real life crimey. And others know the habits behind me. Day one, yo, growing all. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by Louis McCaffrey. Yes, you are. And uh, Keith McGinty. Hello there, how you doing? Hard G, we've not called you Hard G in a while. That's because I've not been on ages. Uh, when was the last time you were on? Summertime. Summer, summer, summertime. Now we've got the gales and the winds changing. No, no. Seasons change, Keith comes back on the pod. He's doing a brine. He's doing a, no. Oh, don't don't insult him. Um, listen, see, before we start anything, Louis, do you want to do your wee iTunes thing? Because um, yes. every time we finish yes, it, we've do. not done it, you uh, get me into trouble <laughs> and yeah. I get checked. I should, so. I should have actually looked it up, but the response has been phenomenal, Christopher. It's been phenomenal as well. Um, but we're not quite there yet. I've got I've got a number in mind. Jesus we're only about 500 short, but we'll get there. Um, yes, if you haven't done so already, could you please um, leave a review? Five star review. Um, we're not interested in the other stars. Just five. Anything, um, anything less than a five star review and you can fuck off. To be yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, five star review. And if you have the time, please leave a, a, a proper written review. That'd be lovely. Um, if you mention Tam Rogic in it. You will be mailed a prize. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of people have actually done uh, have mentioned Tam. Uh, I'll look up your names and I'll, I'll fill you in <laughs> at the end of the show. Yeah, and I will uh, do, <coughs> do nothing essentially. But, but no, come on, no, seriously, just do it. Come on. No, thanks very much for everyone who has left a review at this point. Um, and if you could do one, that that would be terrific. To be honest, it would just get Louis off my fucking back. Semi semi daily text messages promote the iTunes. Um, also, we're going to be running a competition um, within the next week. Um, Hoidy has um, he's been doing these uh, stickers and terrific sort of pen badges um, he's got the Kieran Tierney ones and he's done two kind of gold ones and we're going to be giving them away as a prize um, you can check him out at Hoidy uh, on Twitter he's also doing stuff um, for St Anthony's yep St Anne's I got one last night it's the Roma the Roma, Roma retweeted them at the weekend there um, because there was no Main games or something. Yeah, I think it was a non-league. Um, ah, the, yeah. the non-league sort of stuff. So yeah, so that's that's terrific. So check out at Hoydy on Twitter, and the competition will be coming within the next sort of week or two. And I think we might have something else in the pipeline coming Ooh, up soon. Maybe Christmas Keith, time. Keith's working on something quite cool. Can I win? Uh, sure. Do you know what, Louis? Normally, I would say that these are the reasons you can't. But do you know what? You can win if you want. Yes, man. Um, He's ha- not allowed near it after last time. Mind the Tierney one? It was just sniffing. Intensely. Ah, I know who won that. Um, Poor guy, man. <laughs> I don't know what of stuff to that. I believe it was Naz won it. Naz, Naz, a good man. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good man. So uh, I hope he wears it with pride. <laughs> 
I'll certainly tip my cap to him next time I see him. Off to a bad start uh, <laughs> in terms of... Uh, well, a great so, start. We'll great start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Follow the we'll get a happy ending. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, let's kind of get jump right into it. Uh, Celtic versus Hibs. Celtic... Uh, and a, pheno- a phenomenal game of football. Before we even talk about talk about it from a Celtic point of view, just a phenomenal game of football, a phenomenal weekend of football f- uh, from a Scottish football perspective. Celtic taking on Hibs, Hearts taking on Aberdeen, um, two just terrific games, uh, completely different styles. Um, but uh, Celtic took on Hibs at Celtic Park, finished four two. I'm sure we're all aware of it. Um, before I go to thoughts on game, which I'm going to get from both of you, I'm going to start with Keith and I'm going to ask Keith, are Hibs the second best team football-wise football, football wise in Scotland? Yes, yes. They're by far the best team that I've seen at Celtic Park um, out with European football. They actually come and give it a go. And there's no um, mistake that they actually scored two goals, two really, really good goals as well. Um They've actually got the bottle, the, the courage to actually come to Celtic Park and, and not be f- afraid of Celtic, even though we've been playing well, um, as we saw in the St. Johnson game. But Neil Lennon, for all of his antics on the, the touchline and that and after the, the game, he's actually quite an astute manager and he gets his team set up well and yeah. he gets them to change quite well during games as well. So I think they are the, they're probably all the other teams, Hearts, Rangers... Aberdeen are fading now, so I Hibs are by far. And do you agree with that, Louis? As well, um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've not, I've, I've not been to any games, domestic games this season um, yet. Hopefully, get to one soon. But um, so obviously, keep seeing them now. But from from watching sports scene, the, the highlights I have seen so far this season, they look they look really good. And I think to be fair, I think Neil Lennon deserves a lot of credit for, for what he's done at Hibs. Um, I know. He seems to be one of a couple of managers, really him and um, Steve Clark, about possible replacements for Brendan. Kind of obvious ones that are based here. Um, and up until recently, I probably would have been totally 100% oh, against it. I am not saying that I'm for it. I'm not saying don't. that. But I think... You do have to look at it and say he's a better. He looks as if he's a better manager now, at least than what he was when he when he was manager of Celtic. And I, and I didn't expect it to go so well for him at Hibs, and I, especially when they lost all those players in the summer. But they seem to have recruited really well. Yeah, um, I think that's the, the kind of key point. I think um, you know if you compare and contrast Hibs' recruitment after losing really key players and our recruitment after losing key players, mm. it's it's night and day. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine Alan would probably go back there and you know maybe sign a pre-contract because he's at a contract in the summer. You guys know better than I do. He's at the yeah, contract. he's finishing this year. Um, so wages, though, because I think that was always the stumbling block was the wages that. that I think as soon as a player can't come close to what he's on now. So as soon as soon as a player signs for Celtic, um, their wages in comparison to any other team they're at is obviously skyrockets, and therefore to match what they're they're on or to get near what they're on, they usually go down to the championship. Um, so yeah, um, but Scott Allen's went down to the championship. It didn't particularly work out well for him. Went down to England, didn't work out. Anyway, he needs to go somewhere where he's going to be loved and where they feel confident to play them come he, come to your house you guys house you guys can take a, a, a weekend a time oh. kick out in the kick about in the garden number 10 well, I, everybody tickle, in the I think this man's the biggest fan of him 
Oh come on! You, this is the thing that Louis does, right? He, he takes someone. Shit. He takes a project. No, no, I never took. No, whoa. I never ever claimed Scott Allen. Oh, you claimed Scott Allen quite a while ago. No, no, that's mine. No, no, no. You, you, you claimed him as well. There's, there's absolutely no. I love. I like to say. I'd still do like his hair. He's oh. got a strong Instagram. His hair's, his hair's cracking. Anyway, we've went seven minutes without actually mentioning Celtic. <laughs> well, Scott Allen plays for Celtic. Um, what were your thoughts on the, the Hibs game? Keith, you were actually there, so talk us through it. Um, it was a shaky start. Hibs actually had the... Off to a bad start. Off yeah. to a bad start, indeed. Um, Hibs had... Uh, I think there was a, the man was running through it in Brown. I thought he got the ball, but brought the player down and um, Stevie Mallon had a, a chance within the opening minute. That's right, yeah. To get a free kick. So, I mean, Br- Brown was booked after 40 seconds. Yeah. Um, if he'd stayed on the pitch, could he mean a could have been a bit tricky, but obviously he went off injured. So it was got like twenty minutes he stayed, and you could see that he was kind of holding back a wee bit. Um, it would have been interesting to see. Brown's not the type of player he was what, five years ago. He's actually quite clever in these games. Another player seem to respond to that, where he can't actually make the tackles. They'll be tracking back a wee bit more and trying that wee bit harder. So McGregor and Cham tend to up their game a bit, and it wasn't until Brown went off that we actually saw. The rest of the team raised their performance a wee bit. Yeah. McGregor, I thought, was fantastic. Ran the show um, in midfield. To be fair, he did make a mistake that kind of led to Canberra's goal in midfield where he miscontrolled it. Hibbs still had a lot to do, but I thought his performance throughout... Uh, one thing that we levelled at him for a while was his inability to tackle. He keeps the ball really well, he moves it about, makes himself available really well, but his tackling was poor. When he loses the ball, he's just nippy. He just gets right in about it. He'll maybe get a toe on it to divert it to a Celtic player. Doesn't give any of the other players in midfield uh, any any time, really. But I thought he was just absolutely wonderful. The rest of the game, though, once we settled down, um, we got the goal. I thought we played really, really well. It was some of the football, the flowing, the, the quickness of it, how people weren't dithering on the ball they were getting ready it quickly um, Tam f- Rodgick I'll, I'll let this man talk us through that Look wonderful the, here we go take the top off let's get naked for this one of course <laughs> well I get to the good bit aye. Right. skip the full play just get right to the that's, uh, that's how you got a wane in the first place am I right my man well, just straight to it <laughs> okay, um, really inappropriate well, um, yeah Tam was Tam is uh, the greatest and do you know what shame on you Christopher Shame on me. Shame on you. Shame on Salmani. Shame on this man who joked. You all tried to have a wee snigger, <laughs> a wee laugh. You said that he was he, he never came back for the World Cup and that he was pish. Eat it. <laughs> Eat that performance. And don't even celebrate it neither because you don't deserve him. You do not deserve him. Do you know that performance was tasty? He is succulent. He is the greatest. Don't you dare even think that anybody else in that Celtic team comes close to that boy. Um, the goal, sensational. No one else in that pitch could have done that. The pass to open it up for Encham, sublime. And then Encham's finish, I thought, was absolutely terrific as well. So cool and, and just a great technique. Um, Tam, Tam, Tam's feet and... Always other um, <laughs> extremities, extremities. <body> parts, <laughs> poetry in motion. But um, 
No, I thought overall, I thought we were brilliant. I thought we'd, we'd really looked, uh, that first half especially, which to be fair, I don't think Hibs uh, showed the best of themselves, but I thought we absolutely were blowing them away and playing probably our best football that I've seen this season. Since the um, first season, you think? Yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, and, you know, it would have been all too easy for us to revert back to the, the troubles of before the... What game? The Before the St. Johnson uh, game. St. Johnson game. And and be that kind of turgid way. And it did kind of look that. I thought it kind of looked that the, the first part of the, the second half. I, I was I was getting a wee bit worried, kind of... Halfway through the, the second half, I was like, "Oh, you know, we we look as if we've dropped the pace a bit." But in that first half, when the movement of the ball was there, we looked back to our best, and we had the likes of Benkovic. I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Forrest was fantastic. Um, well, let, let, you, before you kind of break through, because um, we want to kind of break that down a little bit more. Um, uh, sorry, you got something to say? No, just to say about. Um, Graham was doing the by the minute on the 90 minutes in Twitter feed, who's doing an absolutely fantastic job along with the, the other guys that uh, we've got doing that. He said that Tom Rogic curled that first goal into the net with the disregard that most of us throw a bit of paper <laughs> into a bin. That was just perfectly summed up. Well, it was just good. stunning. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought that um, the main thing about that game was I really, really enjoyed it. Like the you know you mm. listen, we all love Celtic. We're all obsessed with Celtic. We we we've got a podcast about Celtic because we love love them so much. We want to talk about them. But sometimes you watch a Celtic game and uh, especially this this season, and it has been tough. Um, this is the first season in a long time where I've kind of got bored watching Celtic. Um, not even like nervous because the other team are going to score. Just kind of bored, um, which I guess is due to the fact that, you know, well, there's been issues with recruitment, there's been issues with, you know, freshening the squad up, etc. But it was just... Celtic in full flow under Brendan Rodgers with those players, when everything clicks, we annihilate. We don't beat... Now, the fact is, um, Hibs came out and there was space in behind and, you know, people will turn around and they'll say, well, if Hibs hadn't attacked us, Celtic would have found it hard to break other teams down, blah, 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 blah. I completely disagree with that. Celtics, if, if that had been um, St Mirren sitting in, yeah. Celtic still would have absolutely smashed them. It's just about Celtic being in the mood. It's mm. about 11 players turning up. It's about being exactly well drilled and knowing what they have to do. Um, because, don't get me wrong, Hibs made it a little bit easier by attacking us, but it's not the reason that we played so well. We played so well because we have match winners and top, we have a match winner in Tom Rogic, we have a midfield maestro in Callum McGregor, and we have the best young player in, in the world in, in Kieran Tierney. And the fact is, Gordon also made an oh, absolutely oh, world-class world class save um, that kept his, uh, kept his goal line. Uh, I mean, he was a tip for the second goal, along with his uh, <laughs> clown pal Lustig, but um, that save was, was terrific in the first half. Um, he was but, a tit. Yes. Um, the name of our podcast, if if you've forgotten about it because you're such a long term listener, um, is the ninety minute cynic. I would like to be cynical for a second, if love I may. It. Love it. Get involved. I thought um, Snidey Brendan came out at a, a, after the game, 
was it after the game or before the game? I think it was after the game when he said he made that comment about how we stood still. Yep. In the, in the summer, we aye. Was there any need for that? I thought, and 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 did he did he put the handbrake on us? And now he's just taking it off. Because that's the kind of way I feel. I feel like Celtic were playing with a handbrake on there for, for quite a while and now it suddenly looks like we've taken it off. So you, can't, like, you, can't tell, you can't tell a team to not play to their potential though. You can't turn around and say, right, okay, we want you just to take it a little bit easy because I want to prove a point. Is no. it more his demeanour around the training pitch, around the club? how he's behaving if he's lost what, total interest but, but, because he's not yeah. getting the investment that he Because why is there suddenly why is there suddenly such a change? Form um look Callum McGregor's had a very, very up and down season in terms of form and I think a, a key point of that is because he went from being a guy who was coming in doing a really really good job for you know eight or nine games and then someone else would come in and there was a bit of kind of uh, what do you call rotation if you will Callum McGregor's pretty much been ever present this season it's the first time really that he's been kind of one of the first names on the team sheet and so his forms went up and down which is natural and I'm, I'm not blaming him for that that's fine um, Keon Tierney's on the verge of has been on the verge of burnout uh, Michael Lustig has, you know, there's clearly issues with Lustig in terms of his ability, his mobility. Uh, the defence has chopped and changed every single week. Brown's been injured as well. You know, Dembele leaving was a big thing. I get your point, I, I, but I think there's more issues than just Brendan Rodgers throwing the toys at the pram. I, I just think there's... I think the the issues were all psychological, and I think that a lot of the psychology of players comes from the manager. And I think confidence and um, you know belief and those sorts of things are instilled by the manager and his words and, and how he prepares during the week. And those players at the weekend playing against Hibs looked like players who were playing with a bit of a swagger as if do you know what we've just won two domestic trebles in a row we are the best team in this country and we'll show you and that's not been we've not seen a hungry Celtic team a team with a bit of swagger like that yeah. in, in a while and I think that comes from I think that comes from the manager You've also and I, I just thought that comment was weird I just thought but we've done all that we've spoke about all that why why are you Bringing that back into the topic, that, the, the that, discussion again. You know I, mean? I think I think it comes down to the people. Sorry to, to jump no, in, no, Keith, no, but sure. I, I think it comes down to this whole, like what I said at the start of the show about Lennon recruiting so well. I mean, that's been highlighted on a number of kind of uh, media sources about how well he's done. Because as I say, um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Neil Lennon fan at all. But I, as a football manager, or as a as a player, he was terrific. But as a football manager, I don't get it. Um, but he has done well at Hibs. I can't take away from how well he's doing this season and how well he has replaced players. Um, also, when he comes out with comments about uh, having a bunch of rejects, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to... That How he said that was, I was in the press conference, and how he said that was, um, I've a bunch of rejects who have done tremendously well for us. So if you were to cut it at the rejects bit, yeah. there wasn't a pause or anything. And he, he, he kept that, because that could backfire on him badly. He's done that a number of times as well. I think what Rogers is doing here is, Rogers is setting us up for, well, it's making the fans believe that we're going to be getting a big 
January transfer window where there's going to be investment in that side because if you think at the start of the season when we weren't playing well, we had Hendry in the centre defence. Did you see what he said about Hendry? Sorry to jump in. But I missed that, not. So what he said was he was keen not to play Hendry as quickly as he had. Um, essentially, Compare was supposed to be the guy brought in and Hendry would have kind of filled the gaps to learn his trade, to not be overexposed, essentially, and to develop. But because Compare fucking being a whatever, I mean, just completely non-existent, um, it's thrown Hendry into a situation that Rodgers wasn't wanting him to be in that situation. Mm. But that comes into recruitment again, doesn't it? Yeah, it comes down it to seems plan. To, yeah. It seems to be the Rodgers that was pushing for Compare as well. What was he... I've heard that he's been saying stuff today. Have you seen that? Yes, Celtic frozen out defender Marvin Compare has taken a dig at manager Brendan Rodgers and claimed, even my teammates don't understand why I don't play. Uh Davey, do your teammates know who you are? <laughs> Surely get pals. Come on. Nah. I'll stick together. Gamboa. Especially the French ones. Him and Gamboa. Him and Gamboa are best pals. Can I, like, you know, as a founding father of this podcast, I feel like despite time limits, if I've got something I want to get off my chest, I'll get it off my chest. Yeah. Just talking about the like the, the differences between Lennon and, and Rogers. Rogers didn't play the game to any great level, did he? I think he retired at 22. Who did he play but with? Did, was he at Redden? I don't know. But he, didn't, he, he wasn't known for being a... It wasn't a household name for being a player. No, and, no, and, no. And, and in contrast to Lennon, who had been a captain and, and a leader and achieved so much, and very much like Scott Brown, very, very competitive. I think... I wonder if... You know what we've seen from what we've seen from Brendan Rodgers in terms of his kind of public spats with the board and the kind of gamesmanship and the, the playing of games that he's been doing since the summer, really, and even up to now with little comments like that. Do you think that's you, you couldn't imagine Lennon coming out with that sort of stuff? And I don't think that Lennon would come out with that sort of stuff because he's too competitive. And he, he wants to win games of football far too much. Lennon also said that he... I'm not saying that Brendan that Lennon, Lennon said he left Celtic Park um, and that he wasn't fired and that he left because he wasn't getting the backing of the board. Mm. So Lennon and Rogers, if you kind of look at it from that perspective, were kind of in the same position and Lennon acted one way and Rogers has acted another. Now, different but, but then situations... Le- Le- Lennon didn't do it in a pre-season... And, and then through into the, the start of the domestic league and, and through Champions League qualifiers, I just, I just wonder if there is a difference in approach to things from that point of view. I think Brendan Rodgers is probably more methodical about the hierarchy and his position in it all, and he thinks more about the influence that he can, his comments can have. Whereas someone like Lennon, I think he wouldn't. He wouldn't put a handbrake on. I think he's just too focused on the football because he's that leader and competitive type. Just thinking out loud, but just because of the, the kind of the time that we've had with Rogers, so it's like Rogers is more political. With aye, it. Aye, he likes aye, to play people aye. off one another, get the fans on and side. I, I wonder if that's just Lennon would of, just spout. Yeah, whatever. he's very much a manager, whereas Lennon's still got that thinking like a player. I mean that's an interesting perspective um, But not that, we're, not that we're, we're getting into that discussion Obviously because we've just had a great game of football Yeah so about. let's talk about the game um, So 
you know, it's been a lot has been made over the last couple of weeks about the relationship between Forrest and Rogic. Apparently, they're wee best pals, which I think is adorable. I hate it. Makes me sick. <laughs> are, you, are you jealous? Hope that wee no neck freak f- breaks a leg. He's got great hair, though. Ah, he's a nice boy, isn't he? Yes. He's terrific. We should talk more about Forrest. <laughs> um, but no, so essentially, um, their link up play for. Um, the first two goals um, Lustig was also involved in the first uh, goal um, a nice ball into Rogic Rogic does a 1-2 with Forrest and then he just he lifts it like he lifts the ball into the top corner it's like he just Tam Tam just nonchalant nonchalantly it was just like when he parted the, the Red Sea <laughs> You know, he's not Moses. Listen, he has similar ma- attributes. How many times on a daily basis I have to text Louis <coughs> and say, Tam isn't Moses? I bet he can walk in water. He probably can, to be fair. He can certainly part, part, um, part defences. Can part more than that, Phil. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> we back you, Mark. <laughs> Jesus, we back you. See, when you say when you actually have to make the point that it's a wee bit of humour, um, here he goes with his coughing again. I think. Um, it's a nervous thing. Um, I think Forrest, though. Forrest was terrific in that game. I mean, um, Forrest, really Forrest's terrific. run for the third goal um, when he just annihilates the, set, the, the, the full-back. See the and ball he played in, the wee reverse pass into Encham in the second half when Encham should have scored one-on-one with the keeper. Yep. That pass was delightful. I mean, let, let me make... Kind of, let, let's kind of late bear, essentially. The first half, Celtic should have been about 6-0 up. Yeah, um, French Eddie, um, France Edward, uh, for his uh, more um, apropos name, yeah. um, was uh, you know he hit the post once. He w- he still has this sort of look of a little bit of rust rust about him. I said to you mm. at the, the weekend. I think he's needing to be a wee bit more, a wee bit nasty. Yeah, as a as a as striker, he's got the physique. You seen when he was running the, the one that he hit the post. People bounce off him. He's solid. But he's needing to put himself about a wee bit more when the ball's coming up to him, be a wee bit more confident in himself. Mm. It, it'd be interesting to see what happens to him if he if they physically develop him further, you know, mm. with the likes of, What like in a lab? Yeah. <laughs> Inject him. I'm all for it. Um No, just when you when you think of Dembele, when Dembele arrived, you know, young player, obviously not played well, he'd, he'd played football for film, but I mean, you're going into a different domain playing Champions League games and that. But Dembele wasn't always quite the size that he was by the time he left. And like James, James, Tierney or Forrest. James Forrest, Tierney, I mean, they've all developed a lot at their time at Celtic under Rodgers. I just wonder if they'll try and add that a bit of bulk for a wee bit more physicality from because he does it all with his height. I think his height and his his think, natural ability, but I wonder if they'll put a bit more strength into him. But that take away his pace, though. Well, that's what I was going to say because I don't. So see the run that he made um, in the second half, where he picks the ball up almost at the halfway line and he runs and he beats one defender and he's got the drop of the shoulder um, and he cuts onto his right and he hits. I'd, if he had more bulk, um, I'm not saying he could, still couldn't do that, but I think there's a perfect balance to be struck. He's not Dembele. He's not. No, no, I, no. I don't think he's going to be great playing with his back to goal the way Dembele was. He, and unfortunately for 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 Griffiths, a fully fit Griffiths. Well, a fully fit Griffiths and a fully fit Edouard. There's there's absolutely no comparison. But if Griffiths had something completely different in his locker to Edouard, then you could be you could you could pose an argument for playing both of them. 
they're very similar players in terms of how they do things. They're different technique-wise, not technique, I will, technique-wise probably are, but essentially what I'm saying is Edouard is far better than, than, than Griffiths. And if Griffiths had something different, you could potentially play them both, but you can't. So there's still space for that third striker that we can have with back to goal that we can play off of, like Dembele was doing with us. Why don't you mention the Norwegian guy who used to play for Hearts? As I, I just... was like in... What was his name again? Johnson. 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 He's yeah. in. Is it twenty? He's, he's way to and yes, I was tearing it up in the Eredivisie. Oh, I could tear it. I up really liked him. I thought he was crying. See, he's boys know his stuff. I genuinely did. Stuff. I liked him when he when he, he played like in Scotland. I thought, he, I thought he looked as if he had a lot of potential. He did have kid and play here. Good reference. You um, mentioned um, Forrest for the the third goal just before that. A couple of minutes before, he got absolutely wiped out the game. And that just shows you the, the bravery that he's got, where he knows that he's going to beat players. He's going to get like, nasty tackles, which Lennon, I don't know where he was getting this 12. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get that to right. that in a minute, because I've got issues with that. But um, the bravery that Forrest has got to just keep running at play, and he switched sides. The reason he had to switch sides was because Sinclair was anonymous since he came on for, for Brown. I'll get to him as well. First question, um, this is from at Camer... Camer underscore Mark. I don't know why. That's my favourite bit. But, but his, username, his username is just C. <coughs> so I can't just Contrast. say this is from C. Uh, yes, this is from C. Um, could Eddie become better than an informed Dembele? Uh, ooh. I'll, I'll answer that. I'll take that one on. I think Dembele is a player that is going to reach the very, very, very top. Now, I see a lot of potential in Edouard as well. So I could see him going to the very, very top. The difference is Dembele came in and just exploded. It took him 10 games, but then he just exploded and started playing at a level that we hadn't seen before since, dare I say it, Larson. And and the quality he was playing against, you know, your Manchester Cities, your semi-finals against Rangers, etc. Um, and, and, and Scottish Cup finals, um semi-finals etc but the fact is um, I think there's potential for there could he become better than, than Dembele yes but that's not to say he will or he, I, I won't even say better I'll say he, very different types of players and how they, the, the roles they play but I mean that would be a great front too oh. Dembele had those special moments in big matches yeah so the cup finals the, the games against Rangers Edward started that with the 3-2 win when we had been down to 10 men yes, uh, at Ibrooks, So he's starting to get that. Fitness has been an issue with him. So it might be just his age where his body's just settling down again. This is a big year for him. And hopefully we're still going to... We've got the semi-final um, this weekend. Yeah. And then we've got, hopefully, this big Scottish Cup run. He needs to do something in Europe. Um, I mean, he has. Sco- I mean, he scored in his last <coughs> European game. It wasn't the, the best overall all, all-round performance, but... He still scored. Goal was class. Goal was class, aye. Heavy class, but... Heavy. Sorry. (laughs) But that's what we need. We need to see more goals like that because that's what raises his profile, raises his confidence and lets him know that he is good enough to go and dominate games, not just drift in and out because at times he was... Wasn't he fully involved in the the game on Saturday? Yeah, I mean that that comes. I, I, I think for me, I think that the the big difference between him and Dembele isn't so much about technique or anything like that. I think it's that 
um, Dembele had an arrogance about him, mm. uh, but a, a kind of competitive arrogance that he seems like a very determined boy, knows what he wants to get to, knows that he's got the potential to get there, and he doesn't give a shit about any defender or any club that's going to stop him from getting to where he wants to be. And Edward doesn't strike me as that type. He seems a bit, as a, as a guy, when you see his demeanour, I think he's a lot more quiet and reserved. I think So I think it might take him longer to get to those levels. I think you're right. I also think that the year or so that Dembele, not even years, I think it was mm. two or three years that Dembele was away from home at living in London. Yes. Um, and he had that kind of breakout season before we kind of signed him. Um, uh, that would have been the making of him because he came up here mm. ha- with first team football, having played a lot of first team football. Eddie's not played a lot of first team football. We went out on loan, but that loan was cancelled. Yeah. So there's a lot to come from Edouard. There's a lot to, I think we're going to see a lot from him. Um, and I, I can't wait. I really hope we see the best of him in terms of just his kind of development towards a level that you know we're obviously going to lose all these guys because that's what we want we want to bring in young players we want to develop them we want them to do terrifically for us and then we want to pack them on that's absolutely fine um i would i I, I would hate to be in the position of not having them and trying to find someone again yeah i mean exactly that's the, the kind of main point uh see with the just talking through the goals as well um you mentioned in champs finish for the second goal fuck what a pass from tam and just the way that Encham kind of hits the ball, he no, hits it really so quickly and just nonchalant, nonchalant, just, just kind of rolls it in. Just, just absolute class. What, what are we thinking about Encham? How is he? How are you feeling with him now? Getting back to his best. Oh, aye, aye. definitely. The running beyond <clears throat> the the midfield for that goal was good to see. Yeah, it, it, it had a couple of shots as well. Really powerful strike that Bogdan. Uh, Parried away, but um... it, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating as hell because I think you know, see during that that patch where we weren't performing well, and, and you have a bad result, um, especially kind of in Europe. You start assessing the squad, and you think they're shit. You know, they're not cutting it. They're not good enough. We need we need red. We need new players. You know, and Cham's not good enough. Blah blah blah. But then you see performances like that. And that, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's why you need to be a wee bit more objective when you get a defeat or you get a win and be a wee bit more balanced. But do you know what? See these players that we have. See Callum McGregor, see Encham, see Forrest. See when they play to their potential like they did at the weekend. They're really good players. (laughs) And if we could get that consistency, and we've had it, we've had it, I mean, we've won two trebles in a row. But it's just, it frustrates the life out of you when you see them put in Abject performances when you know that they can do so much better. I, I I try to be like objective and try to be like Christian and say, no, well, you know, actually, if you look at the picture as a whole, but I can. I just I just get so angry. Like I just get so angry, and that's you know that's why we're. I mean, I've always thought Christian talked a lot of shit, but see those dots, man. Oh, the dots were unbelievable. The dot. I'd like to see my dots. Um, here, that's weird. Um, here are <coughs> Christian did a really interesting three D sort of map article for ninety minutes cynic ninety minutes dot com of course for all your needs. Um, three degrees of Callum McGregor was the second kind of point on it, and he talks about McGregor essentially um, how well he's been doing. 
Uh, and here's a quote from Christian's article. With Scott Brown's injury, Brendan Rodgers chose not to bring in Ebu Kawasi, perhaps a more like-for-like replacement in terms of a defensive midfielder. Instead, McGregor was moved inside to take Brown's role as a rhythm maker of Celtic's attack, with Scott Sinclair coming on to occupy the left side of midfield. The shift is clearly seen in McGregor's passing locations from the 20th minute onwards, as he often became very deep to take the ball off Gordon and the centre-backs. McGregor, now the main starting point of Celtic's attack. Um, terrific writing from Christian, 90minutesinic.com. Check it out. It's a really, really great article. He goes on to talk about how well Forrest's playing. Um, I'd like to quote Christopher Somani in his bullshit WhatsApp post <laughs> that say that, uh, quote, Cal McGregor is rubbish, not good enough, not a first team pick. Wrong! <laughs> Wrong! Lulz. David Moyes! Um, <laughs> so, next time he's going to kill you, by the way, next time you say. Um, so. <coughs> Obviously, we we started. Um, we went in. It went at half time uh, of the game, and it was two 0 Two 0 Yeah, yeah, two 0 uh, Hibs came out the second half and changed our system, changed how you played. And you mentioned it yourself. There was an almost change of tempo within the game, and uh, Hart started to kind of get back into it. Hibs, sorry, Hibs. I apologies. Um, Hibs started to get back into it. Um, What's your thoughts on the Camberry goal? Terrific. Just terrific goal. He's he looks a real fine, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean he looked great he looked great last season and the fact that he managed to actually sign him, I mean, he really looks a finisher. That um, that that finish because he it's not like he's running on the ball's been played to him and he's running on and he's hitting it. He's stopping it, he's doing a he's doing a once over, um, a lollipop and he's putting it in the top end. I mean it's Lee Griffiths at Ibrooks. Yeah, not far off, yeah. Aye. I was thinking Lislons. Lislons. Lislons, Bordeaux. Against us. against us. Good, good memory, Maybe yeah. Back in 2000, that was the power. And how he got it in the side net and in the far side. Was there, it was the other side though, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was right hand side to left. The keeper had no chance. It was stunning strike. And um, I think, uh, you know, you would have, at that point, 2-1, you know, we're still creating chances, it's fine. Um, then we go and make it 3-1. And uh, with, uh, I mean, that goal from, from Forrest running down the wing and cutting the ball. And Eddie's finish, I think, is really underrated because he puts it... If you actually watch that goal back, it's actually really... It's a tougher finish than you think. A lot of people are saying, oh, it was a great goal by Forrest. Um, it was pretty much Forrest's goal. But Eddie has a really small target to, to connect yeah, it through. He it over really it's, quickly. It's not a tapping. No. You know, it, that's a finish. It's, it's a really definitely a finish. And here we go with the third, the second goal for Hibbs. Here we go. Um, it was. Um, what one of them do you want to slag off first? <laughs> Let's take would, it as it as it happens. Would you bl- would you blame Gordon for that one? Would you would you? I, I wouldn't blame Gordon for it. No, no, no. Would no. you? I, I, no. Essentially, no. Lustig, Lustig was so easily so eased, Lustig's eased. trying to play the ball. I was looking at it and I was wanting to give Lustig absolute hell for it because that's how I was feeling at the game. But um, watching the highlights, Lustig's actually trying to play the ball whereas uh, Martin Boyle was playing the man. He was making sure he was getting in there first. Well, Lustig's stretching to get the ball. Boyle's knocked him off completely. And then... To run in that wee dinky a finish was absolutely sublime. I wouldn't blame Gordon for that. I would just say it was a really great finish. I really would. Have, however, I mean, he had a run at it. I mean, it was one, two passes and he's one on one with our keeper. That's not great. Boric saves it. Boric makes himself, stays up big and strong. Foster, Foster maybe saves it. 
because you know Foster was a big forehead. So you've both just named previous Celtic goalkeepers. I would they say that? No. But, you know, Gordon gets a pass. No, no, because they are specialists. Tony Warner. So, so fuck. He's a goalkeeper. Everyone should be specialists at keeping the ball out in it. I mean, that's the definition of a goalkeeper. To be Keep the goal out. <laughs> he gets a Go pass. On. He gets a pass for that save at the end of the first half. Oh, oh, so you save an obvious goal, Help. but you give one away. <laughs> give him it. Might as well let that one and save that one. See this week. Give him it. No, fuck him. <laughs> I went bathing goals. Um, and then, the, so, the fourth goal, um, again, we're not going to kind of totally break it down, but Edouard's wee flick to I, keep the ball in. I have a point. Okay. Bit controversial. <laughs> but I can be controversial. Not like you. I think that goal is the best goal scored of the day. The fourth one? The fourth one. Why? Because I think it is a wonderfully worked team goal. Um, between more than the first one, yeah, I, I think do. I, I think that the 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 layoff at the first instance with Edward to pass it to was it McGregor or yep. Forrest? Yeah, McGregor takes it. To Sorry, yeah, plays it on to was it not Forrest took it and then played it to McGregor. The anyway, there's a cu- lovely cu- kind of interchange. That pass by Edward to start it all off was fantastic. The pass in by Cal McGregor into Edward you know Charlie Masonda done that it was a bit bigger and at the back post but similar type of similar <laughs> so type so of pass so side weird. foot lob over similar okay Edward controls it and then calmly finishes it again not a tap in a proper finish I thought that was a superb goal it was and, and, and at the time when you're already you know you've been two goals up then it's 2-1, then you go 3-1 up, it goes 3-2. It's a critical goal, that, because it, it gives you that breathing space and does finally kill the game. And I thought it was a class move, just a class move that, you know, Hibs didn't really stand a chance. we we just done what we wanted with that ball at the time. Yeah. That, uh, I thought it was brilliant. That's something that Edward does really, really well, is you look as, it looks as if the player's going to get a tackle in and he kind of just he bobbles it off. And he seems to win it all the time. Yeah. Just before he did that wee run that hit the post, he did the same thing. He's done it in countless times since he's been playing with us, where it looks as if he's lost the ball and he just gets that wee break of the ball. But there must be something where, where he can manipulate it so that he knows that he's going to get the, the, the bounce, rebound, and it's going to go into his path. He's just got that confidence and the, that he knows that he's going to get in there and get that chance. The one that he hit the post, uh, that Bogdan pushed it on at the post at the end, Oh, that's, that's um, we should talk about Benkovic being superb oh. um, almost flawless um, him and Boyata look unfortunately it's probably a partnership that we actually might lose uh, come January Benkovic could go back if the, the whole list that there's a sort of collection of things that need to happen Maguire goes to Manchester United then Benkovic is recalled by Leicester um, what's the best thing about Benkovic for you? Uh, he is pure the best. I know that. I love how he... I was just that that question scared me. I'll be honest with you because I don't know what. what you, um, sorry. I love how is he, there a correct answer here? Is it his toes? He's just handsome. Oh. But um, when he's um, he's passing the ball, he pass with his left foot and his right foot. Right. And the the way that he keeps the game flowing so quickly through him, whereas Tierney has to always get it in his left foot. Boyata much prefers it on his right foot. 
Yeah. Whereas Benkovic just keeps it flowing so quickly, and he'll miss players out with passes across the, the field, which keeps us flowing so much. I, I was very impressed with him. Um, I think he brings a certain calmness. I know we conceded two goals, but essentially the system we play and how we play it, we're going to concede. We're going to be open. I've but, started grieving already for that partnership. Ah, for him leaving because it's it's frustrating, isn't it? Like that's what we want. That's what we want from a centre half. He's We've everything. Him, but he's, you know he's no else. He's everything. He's about to leave. He's everything I thought that um, Jozo was, and unfortunately not. Um, so we're going to do. Listen, we need to kind of wind this down. Oh, um, no, because we're go- no, we're no. really enjoying ourselves. No, we're we're going to just move on to the, the oh, Le- okay. Leipzig game. Um, so with this uh, Celtic four Hibs two Celtic rocketed into second place on goal difference, um, and. It was a great performance. We've got the game against Hearts coming up in the Betfred Cup semi-final. That will be covered in a podcast that we're going to record on Friday. And it'll go out... We're not going to do it live, but it'll go out um, instantaneously. Um, So check that out on Friday. We're going to record it on Friday and it'll go out on Friday. So there's no kind of um, feedback. We'll maybe do a little bit of uh, Leipzig kind of uh, review. But in terms of Celtic 4 Hibs 2... Louis, who was your man of the match? Cynic man of the match? The Cynic man of the match, sponsored by me, is yes. Thomas Roger. Yourself, Keith, man of the match? James Forrest. thought he was unplayable. Uh, my Cynic man of the match was Edouard. Um, I think we've, we've named th- the three, you the, the three key, key players. Uh, okay, so Celtic are in Europa League duty. Oh, Play some Halloween music. Yeah. Get some synth on. <laughs> you don't need to um, put any more fear into it when it comes to do you know that's what you know the idea of being scared just say Celtic in Europe. Um, so we're playing Leipzig. Um, <laughs> What's the point? Why are they in Europe? What's the point? See at this point, I just rather be lonely. This is just going to be depressing. Like we're on such a we're on a high. We're enjoying life in Scotland. Do we really need to go on our travels? <laughs> well, like, like, we're enjoying life in Scotland. Let's we're just, happy. At let's, home. Just, let's just stay. Hamel days. Let's go, just. Where you going, Gal? That's, that, that's Brexit chat. That's what that is. <laughs> nice. well, um, you know, I've been converted. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so we're going to be without a few key players, um, but so are Leipzig. Um, Celtic are training at this point at Murrayfield. They were training today at Murrayfield. I don't know when they travel to Germany. When do they travel to Germany? Probably tomorrow. Yeah, Wednesday they've got the press conference. Wednesday afternoon. So they'll be probably flying early early morning. Yep. Um, training at Murrayfield to get to acclimatise for the game on, on Sunday. The Leipzig game itself, we're going to be missing a few key players. One of the key players we're going to be missing is Scott Brown. Um, I've written here the Scott Brown conundrum. Uh which is an overarching point that we're com- going to come back to throughout the season and probably for the next season or two. Um, because with Scott Brown, we're a completely different team without Scott Brown. And it's getting that balance of playing them in the, the games that you know we, we need the most. Um, but in terms of Leipzig, uh, Bruma, uh, their Portuguese winger, he scored against Scotland. He seems to be one of their key players at the moment. Uh, Forsberg, who's uh, one of their kind of key uh, creative players he's actually missing he's out for this game so that's yes. a massive massive thing for us um, and they've got Timo Werner up front who's came out and just said mm. that he is uh, feeling 
um, like he's burned out. Aye. Key a hat trick. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt a hat trick. Um, Louis, what's your thoughts of Leipzig? How do you feel about going into this game? Um, it's Leipzig or have been in recent years one of the best teams in the Bundesliga. So we are pumped. <laughs> um, happy, happy that. Yeah. So just finish the pod there. Just pump. Oh, come on, like back confidence here. Eh? No, I'm. I'm 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 nervous. I, I probably feel the, the same way. I, I feel resigned to defeat, and I know that's it's it's not the way to be. Um, but I feel I felt similar with, with Salzburg. I just feel like I, I find these hard, these want these games kind of harder to take because you know, see if you're playing the Barcelonas or the, the Bayern Munichs or Man Cities, you, you know you can't expect you legitimately can't expect anything else. But then with these other teams that. You maybe don't know as we much. We were complaining. Jump, I'm going to jump in for a second. We were complaining last season about getting absolutely spanked <laughs> in the Champions League. And now you're turning no, around no. saying, I liked getting spanked because at least we're getting spanked by class. But, Do you know what I mean? But that's no, like, Champions like I've changed League. my shit. I don't like getting spanked, man. Stop spanking. <laughs> Champions League's like getting a, a beating off of Tyson where you can respect and go, oh, that's Mike Tyson. Whereas this is like getting beaten off the, the wee nyaf at school that, that bullied you. You're just no happy. <laughs> really disrespectful <laughs> to all the teams in the, the Europa League um, no, I, that's the difference in class yeah there, there's a massive I mean comparing a wee nyaf from high school with Mike Tyson do you want to talk Keith we can we can go it might be five one. minutes guys um, um, no I, it, it's I, I think at home um, at home then you know th- things are different I think you go into it you've got to go into every home game believing that you can do something I think it's just a, it's such a, a a tough ask to go um, to Germany and, and get a result off of a team who have been absolutely fantastic in that league in recent years um, it's just going to be very very difficult for us and especially if we're missing some, some key players it makes it a lot harder um, but it's it, I think it just it, it it depends on what our aspirations are for Europe, and and I think as we've spoke about many times before, I, I just feel as if we don't quite know. I don't think we know as a club, and I don't think we know as a support what we should be aiming for just now. We, I think we need a wee bit of reset in terms of our aspirations. Of course, you want to win every game that you play, but um, you know, I would like to be the Leipzig of of the Europa League. I would like to get to their levels. But um, obviously we're, we're short. A couple of points. Leipzig are fifth in the Bundesliga. They're two points off second. Um, they have they drew nil nil with Augsburg at the weekend. Uh, the week before the year before that, the year uh, <laughs> they beat Nuremberg six six nil. They tend to play a sort of four four two sort of double six formation. They counter really really quick, quickly. They press. They play at pace. Essentially, what the um, what we what we found off um, from Alex Lawrence when he was on the podcast was that um, the Red Bull teams are trying to have a they're try, legitimately trying to be a franchise, a uniformity, uniformity across it, um, and so what we experienced against Salzburg is pretty much what we're going to experience against uh, Leipzig. Um, so, I mean, going into this game, I mean, the the, the Salzburg game. 
there was positives from it. Let's not be around the bush. There was absolute negatives to take from it as well, mainly our defending. Looking at the uh, the game against Leipzig, Keith, what do we do differently to try and win? Let's start Jack Hendry, which is a big plus just now. Um, Ayer looks to be back this week as well. So we're going with a more solid base. Um, second thing I would do is make sure that Scott Sinclair's nowhere near the flight. <laughs> the flight? <laughs> Jesus. I, I think he's just becoming a bit of a waste of a, a jersey at the moment. Um, he's not contributing anything to the side, but for going forward, we've got to make sure that we've, we're solid, that we're not giving away easy goals like we were against uh, Red Bull. Um, so that back four, even with Lustig, I'd be happy with, it, with them. In front of them, you're saying Brown's out, definitely? Yeah. Right, so are we playing? Are we going to bring Malumbo back for that? Why well, was Malumbo wasn't on the squad at the weekend? Which is but then he was playing pro ev with big French Eddie. Yeah, weird. At an event. Very weird. Was that due to injury or? It's not really been highlighted. Um, but I mean, from this point of view, you look. At, <laughs> you would um, think it must be an injury, though. You would think it must be because he would. Have, he would have at least. Been on the bench. The timing doesn't because of the, the his wee outburst before the St. Johnson game where he was dropped completely and now he's missed the Hibs game. Ibuki Kowasik even got on that match. I can see there's a sparkle behind your eyes. Um, he's, 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 he'll be away. He's, I don't know why they're bringing him on. In this uh, um, here's a question from well, Paul. Well, hold on. It's a podcast. Let's talk. <laughs> Ibuku Asi is the greatest. No. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, no. Um, he's not proven himself to be that yet. But there's, yet. there's, there's a wee bit of flavour there. There's, there's a flavour, yeah. There's something. There's something about that boy. I think we just need to see it. We just need a chance to see it. Let's see it, Brendan. Well, can I, can I, can I say something? There's something. <coughs> Ryan Christie is something, but we're never going to get to see it because Ryan Christie is just not going to be trusted to play. I don't even really know what the number nine rule, the the, the, the kind of false nine rule. Um, I've got a question from Paul Carling. Um, does Ryan Christie deserve a chance versus, um, well, he's put versus Hearts, but let's actually look at the Leipzig game. Does he deserve a chance against the Leipzig game, especially ahead of Sinclair? Um, listen, I've been a kind of, I've went up and down in, in Sinclair. I was, you know, start of the season, I was like, you know, maybe he'll come, come back. Maybe this is his time to kind of recapture his form. He's not showing anything now. Oh. Uh, I mean, he's. I think Samani summed up best when he said that he's uh, essentially getting paid Premier League wages, and we don't have a Premier League player. Um, he's not a match winner. He very. I mean, against Hibs, he was pretty anonymous. He was a substitute that should have been substituted. That's exactly what I. I when do you know when we were watching that game, and I can't remember who was coming on. Maybe it was Morgan. No, it was Christy. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, my dad. My dad was like, "Oh, I'd t- I'd get, hopefully we'll take Sinclair off." And I'm like, "No, Sinclair's like been subbed on." Um, Christy, I like him in the, the number ten role. The, who was it he created the, the chance for? I thought it was him that played in, in Cham. Yeah, it was to be one two. He's nice way to pass. No, I love my no, way to pass. Scott Allen got me to that one. But um, 
he's got that wee bit of intelligence where he can play in there and with a wee bit more space that you get against teams like Hibs, maybe in Europe as well, I think he'd be able to help unlock defences a wee bit more, but he needs to play centrally. Playing out wide, I think he gets wasted out there. He's not involved in the match as much. Here, here's an interesting question for Louis McCaffrey from Eddie Walsh in Long Island, New York. Yes, Eddie. Eddie boy. Um, with Benkovic and boy, and do you know what I like about this tweet is he's when he's spelt Benkovic, he's put the wee dash above mm. the C. Class act. That is class. Class act. That's class. With Benkovic and Boyata forming quite a pair, where does Ayer stand when he returns? Does he slot into a back three? It's an interesting one because, you know, with Benkovic and Boyata doing really well, would you... If, let's say Ayer was fit for the Hearts game. I know we'll, we'll get to that. But let's say he was fit for the game coming up against Leipzig. Would you be... Would you put him in the back three or would you... At Leipzig? No. No. No, I, I think you need to have uh, we've already got we've already got disruption in other parts of the pitch with players being out. So no, I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't do that for for this game. I think if Ayer is fit, I would I I would play him in a back three, him Boyata and Benkovic. We're only going to have a couple of months when January comes. Boyata will, at least Boyata will be away anyway. So it may I, not it may not be. He might say in a pre contract. It might say in a new deal. <laughs> nah. That's not going to happen. Shut your fucking mouth. Ayer will come in, and hopefully it will be Ayer and, and Benkovic for the, the remainder of the season from that point. But um, I think if if you, if you can, you play all three of them at the back, bounce Lustig out, and you, you go back to having Tierney and Forrest out in the kind of wide positions. He, he, what the, the one interesting thing from your man Christian's article with the dots... The one he was talking about, Cal McGregor, and, um, alluded to the fact that we really need a right back who can attack properly. I mean, we all know it anyway, but the system, especially that we're playing at the weekend, I think it really would serve us so much better. The way Forrest is playing on the right, coming inside. If we had a, a, a Tierney on the right, if you like then it would it would really make us that bit better. Uh, and until we get that, I think it would make sense to go back, to, to use those three at the back and go three at the back and then have Forrest and Tierney in the wide positions. Um, I'm going to, that's a real, we'll, we'll come back to that, but Jamie at Jamie67 underscore, is Scott Sinclair finished? And should we be focusing on giving Morgan and even Arzani a chance instead, Keith? Morgan, yes, Arzani doesn't sound as if they I they like the build of him. We're talking about building players up. He seems to be a way off just now. But um, Morgan, definitely. I, I want to see a lot more of him. Mm-hmm. And I would much rather give playing time to, to Morgan, who I see as a future Celtic player. Whereas Sinclair, I think, you've got to cut your losses in January. Um, we got a tweet from Ryan McMullen um, and the tweet was this might be total shite and I'm sceptical to say the least however a friend who has sent me corrected teams in advance before has said this is Thursday's team the team is apparently Gordon and Goals Gamboa, Boyata, Simunovic and Tierney Simunovic? Simunovic and Tierney Ibui Kawasi, McGregor and Encham and Morgan, Edward, and Christie up front. 
The reasoning for this is that the they see the game on Sunday as more important, and therefore they're just going to, you know, define their, you know, accept their losses and do this. What do you think about that, Louis? Bonkers. Nah, bullshit. If that's the, I'll I'll bet both of yous. I'm not money. <laughs> no, that that's not going to be true. You both think it's going to be true. I, I get tenor from both of you. <laughs> so on, where, where is this? Now, next question. <laughs> Um, but just as we're finishing up, uh, Louis, what would your what would your team be for for Sat um, for sorry for Thursday? Uh, Bain and goals. Oh, uh, no, Gordon and goals. Um, Lustig, Boyata, Benkev. Can we play Benkevich? Yeah, yeah, Benkevich and Tierney. Um, no Forest, remember? Yeah, in Cham, uh, Malumbu. Um, then. Rogic. Well, Rogic, of course, yes. <laughs> but I'm trying to think of the wide positions because that's Forrest being out is a bit of a tricky one, is it not? You could play Morgan. Guten Morgan. You're in Germany after all, and that's German. MJ. Mikey. I wouldn't throw him in. Nah. Nobody's not played in recent games. That's a bit of a difficult one, is it not? Christy. 4 3 3. Because with Forrest out, who played on the other side? McGregor? Yeah. McGregor's been playing pretty so much. So McGregor would have to stay on the left. If I got this right numbers wise. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Fuck, <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> play Morgan, aye. Play Morgan, I suppose. I mean, I wouldn't play Lustig, but he'll probably play Lustig, won't he? See, essentially, do you just kind of want this game out of the way? Aye. Aye. Focus on, uh, my, on my, Honestly my big worry About this game Is that it, it derails the, the momentum we've built up That's my big worry Same with yourself Keith Aye But I would start Gamboa Talk us through your team Why? To give well, us I'm that wee bit You're talking about width Gamboa, where, where you're getting your width from T's going to provide that wee bit of width In the, the right He's not played in about a year So he's going to have that energy <laughs> To get up and down He's not played in about 45 years To be honest <laughs> um, What's your teeth? Your teeth, Keith. Teeth. <laughs> Show your teeth. <laughs> What's your teeth? <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go Gordon at the back, Gam Chops, um, Boyata, Benkovic, and KT at the back. And Cham, the wee holding role. Hold away, my man, hold uh, away. With McGregor, drop man to help him. Roderick pushing up a wee bit to support. Oh, he's Eddie. got arrows, he's got arrows in his notebook. With oh, the. He's still actually doing his Go on, MG. MJ. On the left and... The Morgameister General. That's a man. Over on the, the Captain Morgan himself. Captain Over Morgan, I don't mind that. Left. I don't mind that. Um, tweet us what oh. your team, you think your team should be. Um, we will be doing a minute-by-minute minute of the game. Um, Can I throw a curveball on there? Oh, Jesus Christ. You've looked at the, the squad, haven't you? Aye. <laughs> Johnny Hayes. There's <laughs> <laughs> your dinner. And on that bombshell... Um, now check us out 90minutecynic.com um, for some really interesting articles articles are going up all the time we've got a preview of the match uh, the, the Leipzig match we've got a preview of all the matches we also are starting to do reviews of them um, check out the Twitter at 90minutecynic for Twitter live lunches on a Friday um, and also the uh, minute by minute which uh, kind of describes the game if you can't actually be there or you can't see it There's some of the guys have been terrific it's been really some of them Graham's going to the game, uh, so we'll have images from there uh, t- 
to, to enrich your viewing pleasure on Twitter? We're on iTunes. If you could, as Louis literally just given me a wee second. I was um, doing the Emil Heskey. Doing the Emil Heskey. Pointing thing. to my eye and then doing the Emil Heskey. Um, um, aye, because we've got 350 reviews slash ratings. So that's 349 since I started <laughs> moaning about it. So it's terrific. <laughs> if you could please keep it up. If you could keep if it up. If we get to 400 by Christmas, I'd be willing to do a forfeit. And the people can decide. The people can decide. So you're going to streak up and down Kilmarnock Road. That that's, sounds good. Fuck people. it, man. I'll get my boss out of the podcast. <laughs> that's what it takes. And on that point, Jesus. Uh, Louis McCaffrey, pleasure as always, sir. It's been truly wonderful. Keith McGinty, it's been a pleasure to see you. Get, ah, get you back soon again. I hope so. And terrific work on the press conferences. You've been covering them and You'll just enjoy organizing that, yeah. that. Terrific stuff. Check out at 90minutecynic and 90minutecynic.com. Also check our YouTube as well because all this stuff goes up on YouTube. Um, he's Louis McCaffrey. He's Keith McGinty. I'm Chris Gallagher. We're the 90 Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. I'm so tired Then I see you coming Out of nowhere Much communication In emotion Without conversation Or a notion I don't know.